Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm excited about this one. It's going to be fun. It's me and it's Tiffany. Hello! And uh, I guess I'm Heather, if you've never listened before. Uh, the, the nerd is Heather. The other nerd is Tiffany. Hey! <laughs> so we are doing another episode in this series about uh, Deb Curtis and Margie Carter's idea that there are core dispositions that can be developed in people. Yeah. People aren't just born good teachers or not good teachers. Um, And what I like about this is it goes beyond just, um, you know, the classes you need to take or the piece of paper on your wall and really talks about teacher behaviors and the ways teachers think about things. Yeah. Um, So we're doing uh, one that says, what is it? This disposition we're going to talk about is master teachers provide time for regular reflection and self-examination. And our starting quote will be, Teachers not predisposed to self-reflection and evaluation tend to attribute all classroom difficulties to someone else. It's the children who are too immature, disrespectful, or out of control. The director or parents present unfair demands. The room is too small. There's nothing to do on the playground, and on and on and on. Yep. We're ready to talk about this. Right? We're so ready. We're so ready. This is my jam right now. (laughs) So do we need to do a little uh, defining of terms and talk about what we think reflection, what what we think they mean by reflection here. Oh, what do you what's, what do you mean? What do you mean when you think and talk about reflection in this context? I mean, um, time when you're not in the moment mm-hmm. to think about the past Ooh, and okay. how it uh, connects to future actions. Okay. So it's more than just, today was a lousy day. Yeah. I'm going to try again tomorrow. Yeah. It's It's the why. mm -hmm, Thinking specifically about, and breaking it down into a smaller piece, like not just even, uh, I didn't like today, but like, Uh um, you know, at snack time, this happened. Why do I think this happened? Yep. What contributed Um, to this? What can we do tomorrow? That kind of thing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, my latest kick in uh, teacher development has been this mindset of the teacher as a naturalist, and I think it really ties into this self-reflection. So um, as a naturalist in the woods, if you think about John Muir or, Lu- Muir or Lewis and Clark, they've yeah. got their notebook, and they're looking, and they're really seeing what they're, what's around them deeply and how they impact their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, to me, is at the core of what self-reflection means. Mm-hmm. It's looking at my surroundings from this standpoint of a naturalist and how what is actually happening uh-huh. without me involved and how are my actions affecting it. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, there's a possibility that someone could say... Um, yeah, I'm reflective about my day. And what I realized after I reflected is that the children are disrespectful and that's what I need to try to fix or the director is unfair and that's what I need to fix. But you're talking about 
much more inward. Like, specifically, reflection is thinking about yourself and how you impacted things. Yes. Okay. And I think that it requires continuous time. Uh Uh-huh. Like, time devoted to it. Because reflection at its core, to me, is not just this moment in time today. It's the ability to zoom back and say, every day, I think that this kid is being disrespectful to me. When you're doing it on a regular basis and providing time for it regularly, even if that is your reflection, suddenly you say, every day I feel this way. Why? Mm -hmm. And then you start to really dig down deeper and you say, I'm going to keep track of how many power struggles I engage with with this child today. And wow, today I didn't feel that way and I had zero power struggles. Interesting. (laughs) Uh What am I doing to contribute to that power struggle? How can I remove that power struggle so that we both have a better day overall? So that I'm seeing the disrespect in a different light so that I'm noticing the pattern. Mm -hmm. So so it's... And what I found myself saying to many, many teachers over the years, and usually it's in the context of child misbehavior, air quotes, Mm -hmm. um, is the reality is the only person in the world that you can change is yourself. Yeah. You you cannot change another human being. You can impact and influence and contribute to what other human beings become and do, but you cannot just... Your goal cannot be to change somebody else. Yeah. So if we're the only ones that we can really, truly change, mm-hmm. then we're the ones that we need to really be focusing about and thinking about and wondering about Yeah. in these moments of reflection. Yeah. That's and really reframing. hard. Reframing and reframing. is on here, too. Mm-hmm. That comes up a lot. Uh, reframing that misbehavior as communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And examining that you are frustrated when X, Y, Z happens. Me, myself, as a teacher, get frustrated uh-huh. when uh-huh. this happens. Yeah. So how do I change the pattern? How do I change the environment? How do I change my reaction? How do I change the routine? Because I think you, you can change more than just yourself as a teacher. Not saying you can change the children. Right, right. But you have... But you, you can this. change the situations, the environments, yeah. the expectations, yeah. the language. Yep. You know, in another episode, we talked about transformative language. Yep. And I think this is another area where that comes into play. Yeah. Um, if one of the things we might do, if we're we're being reflective and self doing engaging in self-examination, is yeah. challenging ourselves to change the words we're using. Yes. To think about things. So if if every day you're going home feeling like the children were disrespectful or out of control mm-hmm. and you're sort of at a loss for what to do about it, mm-hmm. could some change be affected by relabeling Yeah, what's going on? The power of relabeling is incredible. Uh-huh. That reframing and relabeling. I believe I that 100%. I get so frustrated by the potty talk. <laughs> Because I felt embarrassed that children would talk that way around me mm-hmm. at school. They're at school. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right? You're laughing now. Because I get it. Because I get it. Because we've all been there. <laughs> yes. That's part of teacher development, yes, which yes. is another thing we need to talk about mm-hmm. with this. Put a pin in that for me. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you can reframe that to humor development. Right. 
And they are learning what their friends think are funny. And they're learning that it's different for their adults and that each person finds different things funny. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you can reframe that potty talk to humor development, because it is funny to them, suddenly it's like, oh, I can change my response because I can inform them that I don't think it's funny. Or I can say, I do think that's funny. Say, true your, confession. Your think that's funny? True confession. Yeah, exactly. I'm giggling. <laughs> yeah. Right? Farts are funny all the time. So the, then it becomes a conversation and not a power struggle, right? Right. Oh, that's so funny. Well, and then the next we... Next person who says a potty word, I'm going to flush down the toilet, you know? <laughs> right? Just join right in, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I... Um, oh, God. What did you just say? Um... It's that reframing of your own personal mindset. And and takes the power out of the relationship. Yes. Um, but when you put it in terms of humor development, yeah. to, you know, to continue with this example, that's much more in our control. We can, There's things we can do. We can understand that. We can anticipate what comes next. We can accept that it's going to yeah. be, you know, part of our daily life and how, do, how we respond. Uh-huh. Um, which I think is much more satisfying for a teacher yes. to to feel that yes. way. And so that's another benefit of this um, activity of reflection. Yeah. Um, is that it, it deepens our professional identity. Yes. Sort of. Yes. Um, you know, you, you talked about teacher development. We, we stop seeing ourselves as victims of, the disrespect and the being out of control and the unfair demands and the two small rooms. And we see ourselves as teachers who are able to act with the knowledge that we have now. Yep. Hmm. Yes. The one, you know, what we haven't talked about, we got real deep into defining reflection already and moving on yeah. with that. But, Wait, but they, don't leave. The, whoa, don't leave yet. Oh, okay. Because part of this deepening your professional development and having mm-hmm. control through knowledge, mm-hmm. because I think that is, as humans, you need control mm-hmm. and not necessarily to exert that control over others, but you seek to feel control of yourself. And so gaining control through knowledge and turning back to Bev Boss, you can't start in the corner if you don't know where the corner is. And that, I think, is the core of self-reflection. Okay, I don't know that reference, that Bev Boss reference. Oh, what are you talking okay. about? So the, um, the, the idea of changing things by starting in the corner. You don't. You go into a room and you're like, I, everything's wrong. This whole uh, room is a mess. <laughs> you, just, you find the corner to start in uh-huh. and you work your way out. I'm going to start in this corner and change this one thing today. I see. Okay. But that implies that you know what corner to start in. And when I hear teachers say, oh, they're just so disrespectful and I don't even know what to do about this kid. I mean, you know, you have to have that ability to say, I don't know. Uh-huh, but right. That to me says that you don't know where the corner is to start. And yeah. self-reflection is all about thinking about things on this bigger scale to say, oh, I need to find the corner here. How can I untangle this problem? Mm-hmm. Where is the corner? Where do I start? Yeah. So it's come up a lot in the course of the podcasts, you know, at the end when we try to wrap it up and we try to say, so what, you know, what would you say to someone who's been listening and wants to make a change? And almost always we talk about reflection and yeah. and developing uh, that skill of reflection. I didn't realize 
because, you know, we all see things through our own lenses. And I've been a reflective person for as long as I can. Well, for most of my career, I, I know there were definitely were early days where I just went through the motions and thought I had everything under control and knew everything. Um, but I, I've come to realize that it's not something that everyone is just comfortable doing, or it just is not a reflex for everybody. Um, so I'm wondering why, why that is, is that something we can talk about? Or do we just have to accept that it is not everyone's a reflector? Uh, Why, why is it hard for some people? I think that it ties into how you have been taught to learn. Okay. Uh, so reflection is a thing that some people enjoy anyway because it's part of their learning practice. And I think if you've been taught early on that reflection isn't important, that you just need to go through the motions and beat the system and Mm -hmm. do X, Y, Z, or you try to do reflective practice in some way, I'm I'm thinking like in third grade you uh, needed to do this X certain type of reflection and your teachers were like no don't doodle on your papers (laughs) and so your reflective strategies were shut down yeah and and sometimes it's not even yeah sometimes it's not even a a teacher or any person who you know is in that sort of authority over over a child it's not even them saying no don't reflect it's just yeah the methods that people use sometimes and the way our schools are Built Don't call sometimes. out is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you, you know, just, just get the right answer and move on. And if you, yeah. yeah. Um, particularly uh, people who are verbal and reflect uh-huh. verbally. I think that gets shut down because you got to raise your hand and quit talking out of turn and don't talk to your neighbor. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's how I reflect. And so if you've trained yourself to not do that. Mm-hmm. It's like you've shut down this whole development of learning. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Josie had a teacher, my daughter Josie, in high school even, that um, wouldn't let them take notes because he felt like that took focus away from the subject matter. And for her, that was really hard because that's how she processed and reflected. And she could write her questions to herself or about the material in the notes and come back to it for reflecting and thinking and figuring it out. And that was really hard. Uh, Yeah. And not valuable in my mind. Right. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Or doodlers are another one. If you're Mm -hmm. super visual and you process through drawing, it might um, to to the outsider. It's like, I don't know what this means. So it must not be valuable. But to you, it's like, I remember what was going on in that lecture when I was doing X, Y, Z, because it's connected to me in a different mm-hmm. way. So a teacher in that situation has the choice of um, demanding that they see and do things, that the children, students, whoever see and do things their way, or wondering, I wonder why doodling is so important. I wonder why they react yes. so strongly when I try to get them not to, you know, I wonder why they can't remember to raise their hands. That's all because yeah. I think there's an in the moment reflection too that's important for teachers, mm-hmm. um, even if it's 
of, okay, this slime got out of control. What do I need to do next time? <laughs> or, yeah. or do I put it away or do I leave it out and just let this continue? <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. in the moment, I think is also reflection. Yeah, definitely. Um, or in the moment with a child who's frustrating us in some way, you know, saying, stopping and saying, um, one of the things I used to ask my teachers to stop and think about before they responded to a, a behavior situation was, is this really wrong or is it just annoying? <laughs> yes. So that kind of in the yes. moment reflection can be really valuable too, I think. Yes. But what I was going to uh, go... But I think you need both. I keep trying to go back to something. You keep moving do forward. It, do it. Let do me it. just do go this back, quick. Okay. Well, no, let's talk about we do. We need both. In the moment... And that sort of after-the-fact reflection. Yeah. Here, trying to go back? Here's all I was going to say. I've made it a bigger deal than it needs to be. That the, dis- <laughs> the disposition they describe is someone who provides time for regular reflection and self-examination. So that implies a really intentional choice. And you've mentioned that a couple times, making time to do that reflection. So what, um, to me, that means more than just on my drive home thinking about all the things that happened that day. I mean, that's certainly a start, but it's it's really making time away from the work to think about the work, whether that's journaling. I think it can be a conversation with a coworker or a colleague or anyone, really. I mean, just debriefing with your significant other at home can be a, a, a reflection, a reflective activity. Yep. yep. I so think I, it, picking the activity is very important uh-huh. because once you find the ref- reflective activity mm-hmm. that that matters to you, you cannot live without it. Aha, uh-huh. that's a bold statement. Cannot live without it. You cannot live. You'll <laughs> crumble up and die without it. <laughs> it's but, the but Doomsday Podcast. <laughs> Let's set our doomsday clocks forward a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I I think that once you find the reflective practice that works for you, it it is so necessary that you can't live without it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that again. Okay. And I think that... Uh, because of how busy teachers are and how much is expected of childcare providers especially, we have taken away from uh, reflective practice just due to this lack of time. Mm-hmm. And I think things that are seen as fun are somehow frivolous. Yeah. But that's not true. It's that that play is a four-letter word situation. Right. Because when you find the right reflective practice for you, it feels like play. Therefore, it is not valued in a school setting. Mm. Mic drop. <laughs> no, don't drop the mic. <laughs> I have more questions. <laughs> um, so what do I wonder now about that? I wonder... Um, well, I think we should talk about some of those f- methods of reflection and finding finding yeah. the one that works for you. 
Um, Should that be part two? This should be part two. We are right at 19 and a half minutes. So let's wind this one down and come back for part two, which will be more practical ideas for providing time for reflection and self-examination. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. All right. Hang on with us, guys. Come back for the next episode and we'll keep this conversation going. Bye, Tiffany. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on.